Jasmine, do you watch Love Island? I haven't actually. I know there was all the hype around it, but I think I managed to keep up for like a week before falling behind one day. And then if you fall behind one day, it's like game over, basically. So no, I haven't. Ah, because I've watched two seasons, seasons four and five. And I've observed that several of the Love Island stars are so much more likeable on social media than in the real show. I'm not going to name names, of course, but there were many people who I found incredibly immature and irritating when watching the show that when I followed them on Instagram afterwards, have come to think they're actually really nice. I think there's something larger to be said about producers wanting to create the maximum drama between the islanders because, you know, drama is what makes good entertainment, allegedly. But I also think there's a bigger thing to be said about image and how people can easily change the perception of themselves to other people. Which is why this week our episode is going to be all about images and personas and basically anything and everything to do with how you see yourself and how other people see yourself. I don't think we could start talking about images and persona without first discussing what it means to be genuine, authentic. In other words, what does it mean to be your true self? What even is a true self? It's a phrase we hear, you know, tossed around a lot. But what do you think, Groobs? Yeah, I think that's a really important question to ask. But I think it's so hard to answer. You know, what does it mean to be you? Because my first instinct would be to say, you're you when you feel most comfortable and at ease. But thinking about it more... I'm not the same when I'm with my parents to my friends, and I'm also not exactly the same, I don't think, when I'm around only myself. But I would say that I'm 100% at ease with both my parents and my friends and when I'm alone. So why is it that I act differently in all of these situations when I feel the maximum comfort level in all of them? Which of those me's is the real one? And so I would argue that you are the average of all of the different you's that occur on a day-to-day basis. You know, if you're really shy outside of school, like I am, but really bubbly and chatty with your friends and really serious with your parents, I'd argue that you are a combination of all those things. Just because you're not shy with your school friends doesn't mean when you are shy, that's not also a part of you. But rather, every way you behave on a day-to-day basis averages out to form the person you are. I think I broadly agree with you, but going back to the question of which one of these different personas or personalities is your true self... I think it's inevitable that in different situations, whether that be people or place or just time or whatever, you need to bring different things to the table personality-wise. But I even question this existence of there being such thing as a true self. Yes, people may act differently in different scenarios, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all these different selves are just concealing this one actual person that you are you know, underneath it. I think it's quite counterproductive to think like that. And I know for a fact that a lot of people can use this kind of true self, especially media and things, to excuse pretty bad behaviour. Like, obviously, in small cases, it's fine, you know? You're tired one day, you lash out at everyone the next day, you can apologise to them and say, you know, that wasn't really me. But when you keep doing that, or you do it with things on a larger scale, I think it can get quite problematic. And kind of puts you in a place of self-denial because you're constantly looking at yourself and being like, well, the bad parts aren't me, that's not the true me, that's not the real me, you know? Is it really that productive to be looking for a true self all the time when maybe the self you put out every single day should be enough for you to make you want to say that, yes, that is the real me? Yeah, definitely. And that makes me question, you know, should people stop saying 
just be your true self. Because what, what is your true self? It's too hard to define. So maybe people should start saying instead, be the you you want to be. I think I heard someone say that once and it really inspired me. Is who you are ultimately a choice? And is the person you are the person you choose to be rather than the person you were born to be? And actually, I was in the bookstore just the other day and I saw this quote by a man, a famous playwright called George Bernard Shaw. And it said, life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. In which case, I find that a really hopeful message. Like, you don't have to be confined to your personality of the past, but rather you can shape your personality going forward and your persona and your image, and you can make your own decisions about the type of person you want to be. I think if we all start thinking like this more and more, that our personalities are not fixed, but rather we can constantly evolve them and change them for the better, I think our futures will be all the brighter and the world all the happier. Very motivational, Ali, but I think the dangerous place where you can fall into when you make those kinds of I want to change myself for the better constantly is that you could make up an ideal version of yourself in your head which is so far removed from the person that you actually are that you go under such stress trying to strive to that expectation and going back to this idea of comfort you're not comfortable anymore. Obviously, you know, there's a part of me that wants to be a kind of girl that's quiet and studious and gets on with her work all the time, listens to her teachers all the time, and you know, is just totally devoted to her studies. But I know for a fact that I wouldn't enjoy it and living like that wouldn't just be like a small nudge out of my comfort zone. It would be literally throwing me in a dark pit full of spiders and it would take a serious toll on my well-being. So I think you have to find that balance between, you know, slightly going out of your comfort zone and striving for self-improvement and still being able to live every day without the pressure of having to conform to a certain ideal or way of living. Yasmin talked earlier about how someone's true self, who they really are, is so complicated it may not even exist. You know, there may not even be such a thing as someone's true self. But it's interesting to think about if there was such a thing as one's real self, when and where could someone be their true self? So for this theoretical true self question, because again, does it really exist? Mm. I'm going to go back to the idea of comfort though, because I think the moment where you start feeling like you have to change yourself in a dramatic way, maybe not even that dramatic, but just to the point where you start to lose the bigger picture of yourself because you need to fit in or whatever... I think that's when you can lose your genuine self. And the thing is, because this feeling of comfort can come in so many different ways, it can come with friends or family or just beautiful places or places that you have a lot of memory to, generally, anywhere where you can feel like you can express yourself freely, I feel like that's where you have your true self. Yeah, I agree. And I've seen the question asked before, are you more yourself when you're alone than when you're with other people? And it's a question I've thought about quite a lot before. And I'd say it's impossible not to be yourself when you're alone. You know, it's impossible to be fake when you're alone. But that being said, I don't think you're necessarily more yourself when you're alone than when you're with other people. I mean, it's quite hard because it's really difficult to define you and being yourself when you're alone in your room and not speaking to anyone. But I'd say if we think about your thoughts, unless you're lying to yourself about something, your thoughts are generally quite unfiltered and speak for themselves. 
So I can't see how it'd be possible to be solitary and fake. However, if you're really animated and lively when you when you talk to your friends, but very serious and calm when you're by yourself, I definitely wouldn't say that because you're not animated when you're by yourself, you're being fake when you're with your friends. Because part of what makes someone who they are is the way they interact with others, not just how they act when they're alone. As I was saying earlier, you were the average of all of yourselves. So this animated version of you would be just as much you as this serious, calm version when you're alone. But going back to talking about unfiltered thoughts when sitting quietly alone, it would be an interesting experiment to speak your thoughts out loud in your room. In fact, I urge our listeners after listening to this to do exactly the following. Say every thought that comes to your mind out loud when you're just sitting on your bed at home and see whether any of the thoughts surprise you in any way. Are your thoughts nicer or meaner than how you would act around people you know? Are they similar to the things you'd say around your friends or different? I think that would be a good way of testing how differently you act alone and with others. I think it's definitely interesting to consider what we're like when we're alone, but I also know that you can definitely ask the question of, does it even matter, right? I think it's important to get introspective and analyse your thoughts and feelings and kind of have a personality when you're alone. But some people could definitely argue that Yes, you could get all deep and serious when you're alone and have all these amazing thoughts, but if you never share them to anyone, does it really mean anything? You know, if you're secretly such a sweet person on the inside but never let anyone see it, does that also really count for something? And although I definitely don't think that, I think there are more interesting questions to be asked about this whole does it matter what you're like when you're alone when you're the only person being affected? When I say the word persona, one of the things that comes into my head instinctively is this idea of celebrities. You know, celebrities have a celebrity persona, which is often funnier or cooler or more mysterious than the person is in real life. But I know some celebrities who seem to try really hard in some situations not to instinctively put on a persona when a camera's around. BTS are an example. They do have personas, definitely. But I think more and more they're making an effort to just be totally normal around the camera and not put on anything for the public eye. And I was wondering, Yasmin, do you think it's possible for a celebrity to ever be their true self around the camera? Personally, I'm willing to believe that that is possible, but it takes a lot of practice and you need to try really hard not to put on this instinctive persona when you see a camera. But I do think the more you get used to the camera, the less it phases you and therefore the easier it is to just be yourself. And if you, every time you notice yourself putting on something fake or exaggerated in front of a camera, if you then tell yourself, you're doing it again, you're falling into your persona, I do genuinely think it's possible, if they repeatedly say that to themselves over a prolonged period of time, I do think it's possible for celebrities to not put on a persona in front of the camera and just be truly normal. I'm someone who definitely thinks that no matter how much you try, or how practiced you are in front of a camera. I don't think you can ever put yourself out there in a way that there is no disconnect between if these people met you in real life. I feel like I'm being quite genuine on this podcast, all like the thoughts I put out there are my own, but I'm sure that if someone just listened to this podcast and then were to meet me in real life, they'll still feel a bit different. And I wouldn't say that these people who listen to my podcast know me as a person necessarily. Yeah, I, I think you have a point. And I know that celebrities often struggle because eventually their celebrity persona 
sort of overcomes them and who they are and their personal identity ends up becoming utterly entwined with their celebrity identity. And being a celebrity actually really changes them, even if they started off as a totally normal person. So I was curious, Yasmin, to know whether you think that's a bad thing. Is it bad, in your opinion, if a celebrity's identity becomes completely mixed up with their personal identity? I don't think that's a good thing, because it's not really a celebrity persona. It's more like a work persona, because in a way it is their job to be a celebrity. And I think you can see just online that people who are only kind of exist in their work, who have put everything, even their personal identity, into their work, they often burn out really quickly. I agree. It is important for everyone to keep their work life and personal life, at least to some extent, separate. And I think this can be seen especially with companies. And this goes not just for celebrities, but for all sorts of companies. If you put everything into your work and your company, or if you are the face of your company, etc., and your company doesn't do very well in a certain year, maybe it sells very few products or very few albums and sort of plummets, it is vital for your own well-being, your own maintenance, that you do have a gap between who you are and your company. Otherwise, that plummet to your company will also come as a plummet to you personally and could really affect your own self-esteem and self-worth. So I agree that it is of the utmost importance to separate your own values and self-worth from that of your company. And I think the blurring of personas are also leading to some quite strange and, in my view, not very healthy relationships between fans and creators or celebrities. Because these relatable celebrities are meant to be viewed as being, you know, authentic and genuine and the same person in front of and behind the camera, a lot of fans do genuinely think that they know these celebrities inside and out, you know? They're like, these are basically my friends. They view them more as friends rather than idols that seem quite far away from you. So you'll regularly see online, you know, fans literally fighting and getting into full-blown arguments with each other because each fan believes that they know the said celebrity best and are kind of speaking on their behalf. Sometimes they'll fight fans of other celebrities because they think that was what the celebrity, you know, would want when in reality the two celebrities could be good friends or not even care about whatever it's fighting about, right? And not just that, but because there's such this disconnect between the celebrity literally knowing nothing about the fan, like individually, I mean, while the fan might think they know everything from, you know, favourite colour to favourite drink to all the relationships of their celebrity, it can lead to very strange interactions in terms of, I've heard this one content creator who was like, listen, I really hate it when people on my social media, you know, mock me in a way that I would only do to my close friends, because yes, you might see me as your close friends, but in reality, you're a stranger. So it just seems like you're being really mean to me for no reason. And I think because there's been this rise in relatable celebrities, people are less and less realizing that the people that these celebrities put out on camera or in public, a lot of the time aren't actually who they are behind the camera. I actually disagree that the type of celebrities who fans feel like they're friends with, I disagree that that type of relationship is something negative. I see how it could potentially be unhealthy for thousands of people across the world to think they're really close to someone who they've never met before. But I also think that's the beauty of it. Isn't it, you know, isn't it special that you can create a whole network of people around the world who love the same person and can feel really close and comforted by someone that they've never even met? 
In a way, it's a great thing about technology. You can discover new wonderful people without really meeting them. And I think those types of celebrities who fans consider to be almost friends with have a much more meaningful relationship to their fans than celebrities who act quite distant and on a pedal stool that's far away and elusive. So while obviously if you take it too far it can be creepy, all in all I think those celebrities who can create a special close relationship with their fans, even if it's virtual, is something really beautiful. So going back to the concept of, you know, maybe fusing personas or being a genuine version of yourself, if you're constantly, you know, putting on an act or being fake, would you inevitably become your act? Or is it inevitable that this fake side of you becomes a part of who you are? I think if you do something so much, you can't really deny that it's a part of you, you know? For example, if you're a cold hard business person who needs to be you know, a cold hard business person to like negotiate deals and things, even if you're the most warm loving person to your family, you can't deny that this cold business persona is a part of who you are. I mean, this also applies to if you claim you're like a sweet, sensitive, good person, but if in life you constantly, you know, your actions constantly harm people or you're being standoffish or cold, I think in a way your actions speaks for themselves because you're not being the sweet, sensitive person that you think you are. So no matter how much you try and deny, like, oh, I'm not actually like that, I think if you do it over and over again, whether you like it or not, it's a part of you. Although there is the point of, I think in media a lot of the time, fakeness is greatly exaggerated, you know? You'll see a person being super sweet on the outside and then in their diary they're like, I wish everyone would die. But I would argue that that kind of fakeness is probably not real. I don't think it's possible to be fake all the time because if you're fake all the time, then isn't that just you, if that makes sense? Like, what what else is there apart from the fake you? Like, where is the real you if you're being fake all the time? But I definitely think that if you do something so much, whether you like it or not, you can't deny that it's a part of you. And along with that, I think a lot of the time your actions can very much define who you are. Yasmin, I think you've sort of brought us on to the intentions versus actions debate. And from what you've said, it sounds like you lie more on the action side that if your actions are continuously fake, you become what your actions are, and therefore you stop being fake and become that. But I'd say I lie more on the intention side of things. I'd say what goes on inside your head is equally important in making up who you are as your actions. You know, if you continually are really nice to people around you, but inside you think these horrible things about all of your friends and are a really mean person on the inside, even if you do always act nicely, I wouldn't argue that you become a nice person. I'd argue you're not wholly bad, you're not only a horrible person, but there is an element of you that will always be fake because the inside matters too, and no matter how you act, if you think these horrible things, you aren't ultimately that nice of a person. So to summarise, I guess I think that even if you do act fake the entire time, you don't become fake because what's going on inside your head also matters. We've mentioned this word persona quite a lot, and often when people say the word persona, there's this sort of negative undertone to it. Like people think having a persona means you're fake. But Yasmin, do you think personas are necessarily bad? I think the reason persona has such a negative connotation is I think in general it's used a lot to just describe anyone who is kind of 
acting differently from when they are the most comfortable. And I think that's wrong to call it a persona. For example, I feel like a lot of the time politeness can be seen as having a persona, like, oh, you're a different persona when you're like meeting strangers. But I think in a way it's necessary because in different times and places, like I said before, you'll need to be slightly different. And obviously when you meet a stranger, a lot of the time, you won't feel comfortable enough to be, you know, your most intense or how you've acted around your close friends, and they probably don't either. So I think it's not really a persona, but rather something that's necessary. I agree, it is necessary to put on a sort of persona at times to fit the situation. But I've mentioned this in our episode about friendship, and I'll mention it again. I think that sometimes people go too far in becoming more polite or more normal when they're with someone they don't know that well and they lose their personality's spice because of it. Some people, of course, are naturally very normal, polite people, and that is their personality, and that's fine. But I think often people go into the vanilla persona, like how vanilla ice cream is quite pleasant but bland. Some people go into the vanilla persona much more than they need to, or much more than I believe they should, when they're with someone they're not 100% comfortable with. I was actually just with a friend the other day when they were meeting someone new and I couldn't even recognise my friend's personality with this new person. All of their kick, all of the reason I'm friends with them was suddenly gone and they were just a totally normal, ordinary kid. It was the strangest thing. So I guess what I'm saying is people should be more authentic even when they're not 100% familiar with the person they're talking to and put on this normal persona less. But I also think that there's this new trend or almost mindset where everyone tries to be more authentic or we're so obsessed with authenticity that authentic isn't even authentic anymore. For example, you know, maybe in the past, you know, waking out of bed with like perfect hair and perfect makeup was like the thing to aspire to, but now we want artfully messy buns because we want to give the air of being natural and genuine when in reality, most of it's still just as stage. And I think that's the problem with the internet. Going back to your Love Island stars, I think it's a lot easier to have a good image on the internet because everything you put out is always thought of. And I think that's why a lot of people think things like text messages are less genuine than talking one-on-one because before you send a text you can think about it you can think about what words to use but when you're having a conversation face to face it's a lot more spontaneous but going back to this whole concept of you know personas and being authentic like we mentioned in our episode a couple weeks back i think humans are made up of so much more than one characteristic you know so many experiences so many things define who we are So a lot of the time, even if you change yourself a bit or tone bits down, depending on the situation, you know, whether you're with friends or with family, in the end, if you don't lose the bigger picture of yourself, I don't think it really matters in a way. And I think we should embrace all these different types of ourselves. And I think personas and putting on an act can only really be harmful to you. And I think it only really starts to put a strain on you in terms of having to feel the pressure to conform to it when you feel like you've lost this kind of bigger picture of you of who you are and your self-identity. Yeah, I agree. You shouldn't lose your wider self. And I think that's actually a really nice way to end our episode, thinking about how, yes, you may need to tone your true personality, if there is such a thing, down at times to match the situation. For instance, being extra polite and accommodating with teachers, etc. But that you should never lose view of your wider uniqueness and you should never morph into something so fake or so generic that the real you is gone. So perhaps our listeners can think about that this week and going forward in life. 
and I'll leave you listeners to enjoy your day. Go and have a picnic in the park, but still maintain your vibe, as Yasmin says. All right, Yasmin, over and out.